0: welcome back to another uh, Outspoken Podcast. I'm glad that you guys could be joining me today. I'm really excited to be bringing another episode to you guys. Um, Today, we are going to be talking about medical freedom. That's kind of a new phrase that's been going around here these past couple of months, and I wanted to talk to you about it um, because I I went to a rally on our courthouse lawn last week, and I'm going to go to another one tomorrow, actually. I went to um, a little protest yesterday afternoon, and I went to a protest, and then a uh, city commissioner's meeting after that this afternoon. And um, I went to it, and while I was there, I saw other people who, like me, wanted to maintain... And fight for their right to choose what was best for their body and their children and their lifestyle. Lots of people had signs that said, no vaccine mandate, no vaccine passport, my body, my choice, which is the mantra of pro-abortionists, my body, my choice, you know. We had signs that said, no masks or unmask our children and so on and so forth. So, I went to it, it was great, we did our thing, and we went home. And a few days ago, I was trying to think of a topic for this week's episode, um, wondering what I should talk about, what needed to be said. Um, and I decided to talk about medical freedom today and what it means. So, some points that we're going to cover today include medical, the medical code of ethics, the Hippocratic Oath, HIPAA laws, what constitutes a HIPAA violation, and the Patient's Bill of Rights. Now, I had never heard of the Patient's Bill of Rights before. It's actually only been a couple of days. And, well, we might go over a couple of other points as well. It just kind of depends on what we have time for. But I'm really excited to be bringing this to you guys today. So go ahead and grab a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, a snack or something. And we're just going to dig right into this. Um, But before I get started, I do want to give a little disclaimer here. This is a conservative podcast, and people may take offense at some of the things I'm about to say, but what I am about to say is the truth nonetheless. Okay? I'm going to be giving you facts here, so if you don't agree with me, that's fine, but I'm going to tell the truth as it is, and I'm going to give the facts anyway. All right? Um, this is not to be uh, obstinate. This is not to you know, point fingers at anyone, but these are the facts. All right. <clears throat> so I have mentioned in previous episodes that I work at a vet in the veterinary field. I work at a vet clinic, right? And in the veterinary field, we have to follow a code of ethics, first and foremost, to advocate for the animal to do our best by our patient, the animal, and to keep them out of pain, to educate their owners as to their medical needs, and to not let them suffer perpetually. All right? That is just a couple that, in essence, is um, the code of ethics for, for veterinary workers. That is what we work towards every day for the betterment of the animal. And if a veterinarian or veterinary professional is accused of or suspected of malpractice, they can be reported to the board of governors and will be disciplined accordingly. Um, the same principle applies to, uh, human medicine as well. There is a code of ethics that doctors and healthcare professionals must abide by. They must abide by them. All right. So here are, um, here is the code of medical ethics according to the American Medical Association, okay? There's way too much of the code to cover the whole thing, but here's just a shortened uh, versions. I looked it up on online, and I found some of it, and there's uh, quite a bit to it, So, but there's 10 basic sections that I found that I wanted to share with you guys, and I shortened some of these, but I encourage you to, to look up on, on the internet. The A, uh, AMA, American Medical Association, Code of Medical Ethics. All right, so look it up. Um, so section one, the principal objective of the medical profession is to render services to humanity with full respect for the dignity of man. Section two, physicians, physicians should strive continually to improve medical skill and knowledge. Section 3, a physician should practice a method of healing founded on scientific basis, and he should not voluntarily associate professionally with anyone, anyone who violates this principle. Section 4, the medical professional should safeguard the public and itself against physicians deficient in moral character or professional competence, section 5, a physician may choose whom he will serve. In an emergency, however, he should render service to the best of his ability. Having undertaken the care of the patient, he may not neglect him. And unless he has been discharged, he may discontinue services only after giving adequate notice. He should not solicit patients. Section six, a physician should not dispose of his services under terms of conditions which tend to interfere with or impair the free and complete exercise of his medical judgment and skill or tend to cause deterioration of the quality of medical care. Section 7, in the practice of medicine, a physician should limit the source of his professional income to medical services he actually rendered or under his supervision to his patients. Section 8, a physician should seek consultation upon request. Section 9, a physician may not, may not... Reveal the confidences entrusted to him in the course of medical attention. Excuse me. Section 10. The honored ideals of the medical profession imply that the responsibilities of the physician extend not only to the individual but also to society where these responsibilities deserve his interest and participation in activities which have the purpose of improving both the health and well-being of the individual and the community. So, again, that's the uh, Code of Medical Ethics by the American Medical Association. So, per these principles, doctors are duty-bound, to improve health whenever possible and to put their patients first okay so to to um to be someone their colleagues and their patients can count on and trust and to never stop learning doctors should never stop learning none of us actually none of us should ever stop learning but To be better today than they were yesterday, and to be better tomorrow than they were today. And again, we should all strive for that, right? And so many doctors are just throwing their colleagues, their patients, and this sacred code under the bus. Certain doctors and hospitals are refusing to let patients into the building, much less Treat them unless and until they have received the coronavirus vaccination. It started out with you can't come in without a mask, and now it's heading towards you can't come in without a vaccination. I realize that's not everywhere, but there are hospitals that are cracking down and enforcing that, as well as other places. Um, And that goes against Section 5 of the Code of Ethics, which says once you take on a patient, you are responsible for him until he is discharged or until you discontinue care with adequate notice. So if you've been turned away by your doctor, you need to contact them and remind them of this fact. If you um, are not vaccinated yet or if you have chosen not to vaccinate at all, that right there, you need to go to your doctor or contact your doctor and say, this is unethical. You you can't just turn me away at the door because of my vaccination status or whatever. Okay? That's wrong. That's unacceptable. That's unethical. My mom actually went to... <clears throat> excuse me. My mom, uh, a couple months ago, went to her rheumatologist, the doctor that she sees um, for arthritis. And while she was there, I, I've i gone with her before, but I've never gone in the building. Even before all of this um, stuff started happening, all this garbage started happening, I would usually just sit in the car and wait for her. It's only like a, you know, 30, 45 minute appointment. It's not that big of a deal. But this last time she went, she came out of the building and got back into the car and she goes, oh my goodness. I said, what? What happened? And she goes, He was so pushy about the vaccine. She was like, he almost wouldn't drop it. Like she said, I have never had, I love this doctor, but I have never had him push anything on me like that before. And she wasn't like scared. She wasn't offended or anything. She just, she had made up her mind and she is not going to be vaccinating and she just did not appreciate the fact that her doctor, whom she trusts with her care, um, would go so far as to um, try and coerce, you know, and really trying to convince her to get this and being like, oh, well, basically, you know, you're part of the problem if you're not doing it. And and she said, I'm, I'm healthy. I, I'm not sick. I have not been sick. For a while now, and he goes, Oh, well, that's because of the masks. And she was like, I had to try so hard not to laugh because he was just so, so adamant about this. He just knew that this was the thing for her to do, you know. And she is on a medication for arthritis that is, um, you need to be careful with, you know, y- you don't want to necessarily be mixing it with too much other stuff, just willy nilly, you know. So, if you are being coerced or anything, call your doctor to attention and remind him that he is duty-bound, or her, that they are duty-bound by the code of ethics, by what is right, because it's the right thing to do. That's ethics. Um, okay, now on to the Hippocratic Oath. The Hippocratic Oath is one of the oldest binding documents in history. It was written by Hippoc- Hippocrates, and the principles of this oath include treating sickness to the best of one's ability, preservation of patient privacy, and to pass on medical knowledge to the next generation. Um, here's a, it turns out that there's like an older version of it, and which I did find, but it was really, Odd and confusing because it was written, you know, way long ago, like during the Greek, you know, empire. Um, so there's an older version of it and there's a modern version of it. And here's here's the modern version. I swear to fulfill to the best of my ability and judgment this covenant. I will respect the hard won scientific gains of those physicians in whose steps I walk and gladly share knowledge as is mine with those who are to follow. I will apply for the benefit of the sick all measures which are required, avoiding those twin traps of overtreatment and therapeutic nihilism. I will remember that there is an art to medicine as well as science, and that warmth, sympathy, and understanding may outweigh the surgeon's knife or the chemist's drug, I will not be ashamed to say I know not, nor will I fail to call in my colleagues when the skills of another are needed for the patient's recovery. I will respect the privacy of my patients for their problems are not disclosed to me that the world may know. Most especially, I must tread with care in matters of life and death if it is given to me to save a life, all thanks, but it may also be within my power to take a life. This awesome responsibility must be faced with great humbleness and awareness of my own frailty, and above all, I must not play God. I will remember that I do not treat a fever chart, a cancerous growth, but a sick human being whose illness may affect the person's family and economic stability. My responsibility includes these related problems if I am to care adequately for the sick. I will prevent disease whenever I can, for prevention is preferable to cure. I will remember that I remain a member of society with special obligations to all my fellow human beings those sound of mind and body as well as the infirmed. If I do not violate this oath, may I enjoy life and art, respect while I live and remembered with affection. May I always act to preserve the finest traditions of my calling, and may I long experience the joy of healing those who seek my help. All right. Press pause. I want to take you back to where it says, above all, I must not play God. Enter Anthony Fauci. All right. (laughs) All right. Enter Dr. Frankenstein himself. I am trying not to be political here, but if nothing else, If nothing else, I believe he violated his entire Hippocratic Oath. He associated with, um, uh, let's see, where does it say? Um, where it says, uh, basically I won't associate with other colleagues who are, um, incompetent or insensitive or have ill, uh, ill intentions in this profession, he associated with a lab that was looking into and trying to perform, and he actually helped fund the lab that performed the gain-of-function research. I don't care what you say, nothing, until further notice, nothing will change my mind on this fact that Anthony Fauci violated his Hippocratic oath when he funded knowingly the gain-of-function research that went on in the Wuhan lab that produced the coronavirus that we have today. He violated that oath. He knowingly funded that lab, and nothing will ever change my mind about that until further notice, okay? But moving on, I must not play God. That means that I, as a doctor, understand that life is sacred And that I will not attempt to create life or alter life for myself, for good or for bad. He played God. He meddled in things that ought not be meddled in. As did everyone else in that lab, as are multiple doctors in this country and around the world, they are meddling in things they don't understand. All right. I'm going get off of that soapbox. Um, so I mean, I mean, really, what a huge responsibility doctors have. But sadly, this oath has been forgotten, ignored, or neglected altogether by many doctors these days. So if you are a patient, you need to remind your doctors of their oath. It's not hard to find. You can go to Google, look up the Hippocratic Oath. It'll be there. Print it out if you need to, if you need a reminder. But remind them that they need to go to bat for you. But they also need to respect your wishes and be above reproach. Not act in a way that is self-serving. But remember that they are serving society. That's part of the oath. I am a member of society. And my physical, my abilities as a physician don't just stop at the doctor's office. Okay? Remind them of that. Now also up here it says... um. I will respect the privacy of my patients, for their problems are not disclosed to me that the world may know. I will respect the privacy of my patients. If they tell me something that is sensitive, whether they say it's sensitive or not, it should go without saying that anything your patient says to you is classified until and unless they give you permission to disclose it. And we'll get on to that. But um don't be afraid to say that's that's uh that's privileged information. That's that's HIPAA to anyone including your doctor. I suggest maybe not doing it to your doctor because there's gonna be information that they do need to know to treat you. But um <clears throat> now being that being said, with um, doctors are duty bound to respect the privacy of their patients, that leads me to um, the next point, which is a set of HIPAA laws. HIPAA stands for the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. At least that's what I found. This act protects patients, patient information, treatment. Uh, procedures, etc. And there are sections which cover healthcare providers, um, healthcare clearinghouses, workers' comp, and all sorts of things. Um, It covers a lot, actually, but the part of the privacy rule that I want to cover is geared towards protected health information. That's what the section is called. And what it says is this. The privacy rule protects all individually identifiable health information information held or transmitted by a covered entity or its business associate in any form or media, whether electronic, paper, or oral, by, you know, spoken. The privacy rule calls this information protected health information. Individually identifiable health information is, um, includes demographic data that relates to individual's past, present, or future physical or mental condition, the provision of health care to the individual or the past, present, or future payment for the provision of health care to the individual. And that identifies the individual or for which there is reasonable basis to believe it can be used to identify the individual. Individually uh, identifiable health information includes Many common identifiers, such as name, address, birthday, social security, number. Everything that you have to provide to a healthcare provider, to a hospital, to a doctor, and everything that they provide to you in return, treatment, medication, services rendered, whatever you want to call it, is classified information. Anything... That is, um, that is, causes you, the patient, to be easily identifiable is especially classified. But it goes without saying that what happens at the doctor's office stays at the doctor's office, okay? That's basically what it is. And there's more to it than that, but that's the basics of it. Um, so covered entities are anyone who is required to follow those laws, um, healthcare plans. Most healthcare providers, healthcare clearinghouses, you know, kind of what we already said. So now that we know a little bit about HIPAA, um, what is a HIPAA violation? How do I know if my information has been compromised or if the HIPAA Act has been violated or breached? Well, when it comes down to nurses and healthcare workers, um, an example of a HIPAA violation would be taking a photo of a patient and posting it on social media taking a photo of a patient at all, really, without their permission um, or the permission of, you know, their guardian or as the case may be, that's illegal because the person can be easily recognizable, is easily recognizable. Sharing medical information with friends or family, even if the nurse is pressured, is illegal unless the patient authorizes it. Things like that. Nurses can't necessarily... Um, just really nilly share information, even if you're the family, okay, or a friend. Information is between you and the people immediately treating you with very few exceptions. There's very few exceptions to that rule. I want you guys to know this. I want you to be empowered. And I want you to know that you have choices when it comes to your medical health, when it comes to your health care. Okay, now more personally, if you're asked at work, and HR releases your records to your boss or co-worker, that's illegal. It's illegal for your employer to request that information without your authorization in the first place. And I would strongly advise you, especially now, I would strongly advise you not to authorize your boss to access those records or to go to HR. Don't let them scare you when they say, oh, I'm going to go to HR, I'm going to go to L&I, I'm going to go to OSHA, I'm going to go to this, I'm going to go to that. Don't let them scare you. It's your information. It's yours, not theirs. It's your body. It's your choice, not theirs. Don't let them scare you. Personally, if my employer asks me about my vaccination status, or anything for that matter, I'll be reminding him that that's confidential information protected under HIPAA between me and my doctor. He can ask all he wants, even if he's asking with good intentions. And I'm not just saying that, like, I used vaccination status as an example. I have not yet been asked about that at my work. But that was just an example. I would say that if he asked me about anything regarding my my health. There have been times when I've had to say I need to take this day off so I can go to the doctor and he says, "Okay." He they've been my work is really awesome about that, okay? But just for an example, even if I were going to get oh a checkup, even if I were going to get an echocardiogram which I've had um, a hearing test, which I've had, you know, if they ask, oh, well, why are you going to the doctor? I would say that's privileged information, confidentially protected under HIPAA between me and my doctor. It's not that it's a bad thing. I'm not going to get, you know, a bad procedure done. I'm not going to go, you know, crazy. And it's not to be nasty. It's just people need to stay out of each other's business sometimes. But again, I I haven't, it hasn't come to that at my work, thankfully. But sadly, for so many, it has, you know. Um, But you need to know that if you experience a HIPAA violation scenario, you can file a complaint with the Office of Civil Rights in the Department of Health and Human Services. If you have experienced a HIPAA violation, your information has been leaked, you're being harassed about vaccination status, you're this, that, or the other, whatever, anything, you can file a complaint with the Office of Civil Rights in the Department of Health and Human Services, and I encourage you to do that. All right, that leads us to our next subject, which is the Patient's Bill of Rights. So, this is not... The five rights of medication, the five rights of medicine, right dose, right patient, right time, right medication, right uh, uh, documentation. It's not those. The patient's bill of rights, and I just learned this two days ago. I don't know why I didn't know about it before, but here are the rights that you as the patient are entitled to the minute you walk through your hospital doors. You have the right to safe, considerate, and respectful care provided in a manner that is consistent with your beliefs. You have the right to expect that all communications and records pertaining to your care will be treated by uh, will be treated as confidential to the extent permitted by law. You have the right to know the physician responsible for coordinating your care at the clinical center. You have the right to receive complete information about diagnosis, treatment, and prognosis. Prognosis is the end game of an illness, like what's it going to look like for you in the long run. Um, and from the physician, in terms that are easily understood, it is Medically inadvisable to give such information to you, if it is medically uh, inadvisable to give such information to you, it will be given to a legal, legally authorized representative. You have the right to receive information necessary for you to give informed consent prior to any procedure or treatment, including a description of the procedure or treatment. Any potential risks or benefits, the probable duration of any incapacitation, and any alternatives. Exceptions will be made in cases of emergency. You have the right to receive routine services when hospitalized at the clinical center in connection with your protocol. Complicating chronic illness, uh, chronic conditions will be noted reported to you and treated as necessary without the assumption of long-term responsibility for their management, you have the right to know in advance what appointment times and physicians um, are available and where to go for continuity of care provided by the medical care, by the medical, the clinical uh, site. Um, You have the right to receive appropriate assessment of and treatment for pain. You have the right to refuse to participate in research, to refuse treatment to the extent permitted by law, and to be informed of the medical consequences of these actions, including possible dismissal from the study, and discharge center. If discharge would jeopardize your health, you have the right to remain under clinical care until discharge or transfer is medically advisable. You have the right to transfer to another facility when your participation in the clinical center study is terminated. You have the right to expect that a medical summary from the clinical center will be sent to your referring physician, and you have the right to designate additional physicians or organizations at any time to receive medical updates. So, that being said, you have the right to refuse treatment or procedure that you don't want or you don't think you need as long as you know how it could affect your health, your health, not necessarily everyone else's. I mean, that comes into play, of course, but more importantly, you need to know how it will affect your health, and it leaves the decisions up to you. But sadly, not many people knew about this, and I didn't know about it until recently. So everything that they're pushing, these vaccines, not being able to go anywhere or do anything without them or without proof that you've had it is going against everything I just read you Where where is the where is the patient's right to refuse treatment what happened to that stick, stick to your guns honestly Stick to your guns. Okay? Um, I need to scroll up really quick for a minute. In the uh, Hippocratic Oath, it mentioned... Uh, therapeutic nihilism. And that is something that is going going around therapeutic nihilism is a contention that it is impossible to cure people or societies of their ills through treatment in in medicine it was connected to the idea that many cures do more harm than good and that one should instead encourage the body to heal itself. Wow. So it's you know, it's it's kind of saying, Oh, you know, you don't really need to treat it, the body will take care of it. You know, it's you it's um sounds to me like it's like sort of being apathetic. Like, you don't necessarily want to do that. But that kind of thing is gone. Okay? So, you have the right to choose what's best for your body. Nobody else. It is wrong for people to impose upon you responsibility for their health i absolutely hate the term herd immunity i should um i don't I actually don't hate it i should clarify let me let me clarify i don't hate the term herd immunity i hear it all the time working in the vet clinic Herd immunity, herd immunity. Well, we got to get some herd immunity. But I hate it applied to human beings. And I have heard it applied to human beings. I have heard people say, I've heard doctors say, oh, well, we just need to get as many people vaccinated as possible so we can reach that herd immunity. Excuse me, we're not cattle. I understand the basic principle that you are trying to convey. You want everyone protected. But you need to choose your words wisely. We are not cattle. I don't like the term herd immunity applied to human beings. Something about that just does not sit well with me. Okay. So, um, today, I'm going to... Also... Uh, Don't be afraid to switch doctors. Um, Earlier I told you about the encounter that my mom had with her rheumatologist that she's had forever and ever and ever. I told you about the encounter that she had with him being kind of pushy with her getting the vaccine and her declining, you know. And when she came out of that office and when she, as we were driving away and she was telling me what had happened, I said, oh, It's probably a good thing I wasn't in there with you, Mom. Because I would have, if it had been me, if I had been the patient, I would have said, you know what? I'm going to terminate this uh, appointment. I'm going to end this appointment here. Uh, I'm going to be taking my records elsewhere. I'd like you to prepare my medical records. I will be in touch with you, and I will let you know where to send them and which doctor to send them to. Please prepare them for me. And I'm going to end the appointment here. I would have. I told her I would have walked out right then. It is not the duty of a physician to push anything on you. In fact, it's illegal. There are certain things where it is illegal for them to do that. So don't be afraid to say that. Don't be afraid to switch doctors. And you don't have to be nasty about it. But I think they also need to know why you're switching doctors as well. And the doctors that you switch to, do your research on them and let them know why you're switching to them. If it's because you feel safer with them, if it's because uh, you feel like they could um, provide you with better care, if it's because they're closer to you, if it's because you feel like they'll let you make more uh, decisions about your body, and they'll let you make the decisions about vaccinations and treatments and things like that, let them know that. Let them know why you're switching to them as well. Okay? So, um, we have a little bit of time, so I'm just going to tell you guys really quick. Earlier, I mentioned that I had been going to some freedom rallies, you know, some medical freedom rallies, some protests, um, whatever you want to call them. They are indeed peaceful protest, not the peaceful protest you see on the news with buildings being lit on fire and cars being lit on fire and people standing in the streets and being run over and things like that. It is not that kind of protest. This is in fact a peaceful protest. Um, And what we do is we stand on the lawn of our courthouse near the street on the sidewalk and we, we hold up signs. And uh, we we talk amongst each other. We, we strengthen each other and encourage each other and share information with each other. And I feel like that's important for me to be a part of because um, I'm not wanting to be passive anymore. I'm not wanting to just be upset in the comfort of my home. You know, I want to actually get out there and be present and help make my voice heard. Okay, so um, today we, we did that uh, again for a little bit. We're going to do it again tomorrow night. Um, but we did it a little bit this afternoon, and then we went directly from that sidewalk and walked into the courthouse, which is right behind us, when the county commissioner's meeting started. I don't exactly know what was on their agenda for today. But they had to have known we were coming. They saw us. You you couldn't miss us on, on the courthouse lawn. That's how many of us there were. There weren't hundreds and hundreds, but dozens of us. There were probably mm, 75. There were a lot of us, okay? All right, so we walked up there, and the minute we walked in the door, the minute we walked into that office where they were holding the uh, meetings, this wise guy in the middle, there were three guys sitting up there. And the chairman said, I am going to say that this is a, you know, uh, this is a public meeting. And in order for it to be a legal public meeting, uh, we do require that you are that you all wear masks. Because I noticed that none of you are wearing masks. And we're like, that's why we are here. <laughs> of course, we're not. That's why we are here. And he actually got up and left and did not come back. (laughs) Within two minutes, that man actually left and got up and did not come back. And there was a second man, a second commissioner, who stood up, picked up his belongings, and was literally halfway to the door, ready to leave, before he something made him turn around and start listening and he goes if you guys are civil i'll listen to you but the minute you're not civil blah 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 and we came in upset not not shouting profanities or anything but we came in loud and upset because we are desperate and we made that to him very clear to him we said this is what you get when you push us this is what you get when when you don't offer an escape when you don't give us a choice when you don't listen to us you know And he pulled the whole, oh, you know. But he actually did, him and one other man actually did sit down and listen to to us. They're not going to do anything that we told them to do. They're not going to take anything we said to heart. But they sat there for about two hours, an hour and a half at least. They sat there and listened to us, and we let them have it. We had a conversation with them, you know. So, and that was all in the name of medical freedom. That was all in the name of saying, let us at least make our own choice. We can choose for ourselves, you know? So, it's really important to do that, guys. It's it's really, really important, okay? I know I kind of ran through some of this stuff really fast. I encourage you to go look it up for yourselves. Print it off for yourselves, Become familiar with it. Okay, the, the Medical Code of Ethics by the American Medical Association, the Hippocratic Oath, and the HIPAA laws. You do not have to share information with anyone. You do not have to accept treatment or procedures, preventative or otherwise. You have a choice. You do not have to do it. You do not have to comply. I want you guys to know that, and I want you guys to hear that. Because I hear so many people in my town even saying, I don't want to do this, but I don't have a choice. They're not, you know, they got me in a corner. They're not giving me a choice. And I can say, yes, you do. Here you go. And now now that I know about this stuff... I can tell people what I know, and so can you. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you feel empowered and emboldened and educated and, and everything. I hope you feel less scared, and I hope you feel less worried about these mandates and things like that that are coming down, um, and I hope that you find um, a good group of people that can support you and that can stand with you. And that you can stand with and that you can support so that we can all come together and at least be granted the freedom to choose for ourselves. At least have people acknowledge the fact that our business is our business and that our body is our body and they don't need to worry about us. Alright, thank you guys so much for listening and I will see you next time.